a time lapse. Your future self says, it's a snow day. You can sleep in. I'm Dan Manning. And I'm Misha Stanton. Dan, I am really excited. Season two of Time Lapse, going pretty well so far. Branching out into some new media. And like, cartoons sound good, right? Yeah, cartoon. I like cartoons. Like we did movies and we did live action TV. And now we're going to do some, some yeah, cartoons. Yeah, can we show. do uh, Land Before Time Lapse? Ooh, that was a good one. I didn't even see that coming. I didn't even think. I know it was. Uh, that was off the cuff. That Dang, was. We were doing a bit, and like that took me right out of the bit. Ah, <laughs> uh, I I can't even stay in the bit. You know, I'm I'm just a little hungry. It's been a long day, and we've been doing a lot of time lapse work. And I don't know if I've eaten in a while. What do you like? Maybe we should order some pizza. Yeah, I like some pizza. Where what's good for pizza in Burbank? Oh, you know what's really good? Yeah, Panucci's. I've never heard of it. No, you know Panucci's pizza. Like. Is that like a chain? I've I know is like, uh, uh, Domino's, no, Little like, Caesars, like you know, like no, Panucci's Pizza, like Bu- Buca di Peppo. What? That's a real Italian chain. Don't think about it. No, like Panucci's Pizza. Come on, you know this. It's the best delivery pizza. Wait, hold on. Are you talking about the fictional pizza establishment from the television program Futurama? Yeah, we're talking about Futurama today. <sighs> we're talking about Futurama. I don't know why I'm not. I'm. I don't know why I sounded so defeated there. I'm very excited. It's a good show. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Futurama. It's a good show. It's probably one of my favorite shows, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, that's that's that tracks. It's a show I go back to over and over again. Um, it helps that there's like ten seasons. One of the best things about it is the sheer amount of continuity. Before Futurama, and before like recent cartoons, I would say before Adventure Time, before Steven Universe, mm-hmm. um, there wasn't a ton of serialized continuity to cartoons. It wasn't really done. Um, I mean, when it was in The Simpsons, it was there, but I think it was there more for the joke. And I feel like in Futurama, structurally, it was built to have those. Yeah. In fact, uh, that continuity. for those that don't know, Futurama is a cartoon that was on a bunch of channels a bunch of time ago about a young boy who in the year 2000 gets frozen and sent to the future to live in the year 3000. And it's pretty much a workplace sitcom after that. I mean, it's a little more than a workplace sitcom. It's also, I don't know, it, it does a cool Star Trek thing. They use the workplace comedy thing to make way for intergalactic swashbuckly adventures that are also, you know, kind of funny. Yeah. But back to continuity, there's this whole thing from the very first episode where the main character fry gets frozen and you can see on the floor there's a shadow of another person in the room and they don't come back to that for like three seasons yeah and but it's in the first episode that's that's everything i live for yeah nibbler is in the shadow yes nibbler um, is a little tiny it's their little pet it also it poops fuel yeah it's like a cute little guy but also he has uh, a very deep baritone voice and it is incongruous to how adorable he is and he talks about like saving the universe like his cute tiny little race are the guardians of the galaxy Tra- trademark marvel disney marvel disney call us <laughs> In the earlier seasons of Futurama, Nibbler comes a calling on Fry because it turns out Fry once went back in time to 1947 and slept with his grandma. That sounds gross. What? It's what? It's a little what? gross. It's like it's really gross. Yeah, but how did he sleep with it? Like, I, I did he? What, did he not know? That's bad. I mean, he's an idiot. Okay. He's just a lovable time idiot. <laughs> I mean, I do love him, but like, ew, gross. Anyway, the point is, because he's his own grandfather and because he's born of time, he becomes like the inadvertent hero of time. He's missing this brainwave that everyone has that like ties all your thoughts together. And the reason he's so dumb is because he's lacking that brainwave, but he's still a functioning human anyway. And that allows him to be immune from some enemies down the road. Like they do that up until like the last season, they still make Delta brainwave jokes. It's just, it's so great. The point is... Nibbler comes a call in. He needs Fry and his dumb brainwaves to save the world. (laughs) 
But in the course of doing so, Fry gets sent back to the night he gets frozen. And he goes under the desk where he's like tilting his chair back from and Nibbler's there and he never knew Nibbler was there. But we knew because we saw his shadow in the pilot episode. Yeah, this is one of the first times that like freeze framing your television program was like a thing where you would take screenshots and there's stuff hidden in the screenshot that you didn't notice. But what's even cooler is that they revisit that scene yeah, in the cryogenic lab like a lot. Uh, but every time after the episode where Fry is also under the desk, Fry's shadow is also there. Like they change that yeah. scene and they show that every time. And that's just super cool. Oh, it's so good. That's just one instance of time travel in the Futurama, but they they go whole hard with one of the movies. So so they were on for like five seasons and then they got canceled and then they brought it back as a season's worth of movies. And one of the movies is like time travel for days. It's called Bender's Big Score. Yeah, it's the it's the one with the time code on Fry's ass. Yeah, there's a paradox proof time code that summons like a time bubble that avoids paradoxes and creates time duplicates. But the time duplicates have an increasing doom quotient. Huh. The Globetrotters prove it mathematically. That uh, that, that sounds a little bit like how Homestuck works, Misha. Do you think we should? I mean, send us your mailbag questions, please, dear God. We'll, we'll talk about that later. In Bender's Big Score, there's the time code and Fry uses the time code to go back to the year 2000 because he loves going back there and he actually he's also in that cryogenics lab when they go back and then makes a duplicate of himself there's like four fries at that point yeah there's four fries there's a bender in there there's there's like two benders oh yeah but the point is at that point they diverge uh one fry goes on to uh go back into the freeze chamber and goes back to the future where all of his friends are and the other one stays in the past now in the future fry has been thwarted by a guy named lars who is the paramour of his love interest, Leela. Throughout the whole movie, he's very, very upset at Lars. He's like, oh, Lars, that guy. Do, do that again. Give me a bit more Billy West in that. Oh, Lars, that guy. That was pretty good. Thanks. But we see through the flashbacks to the fry that stayed in the past, he stays there for like 12 years. It's a very emotional moment. They do, Futurama does emotions. Oh, man, Jurassic Park. Oh, don't. Jurassic Park was the first episode of Futurama I ever watched, which means that it took me a while to really get into it because the first episode I watched made me cry like a child. This is the saddest episode of cartoons. Yes. Probably so far. Ah, uh, no, I'm sure. Bojack Horseman. Oh, true, true. So uh, it turns out that the Fry who stayed in the past was Lars, but he's like Fry 10 years later. And also his like voice gets burnt and they, bur they burn off his hair. There's now like my larynx. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very hand waved. But he then realizes that he is Lars and goes to the future and becomes the guy that his past self was being a dick to. But then Lars finds out about the doom quotients. And so he has to call off Leela's wedding. And it's like a really nice thing because he knew he was going to be doomed. So yeah. he didn't do it. He didn't want to be married if he was going to be doomed anyway. I mean, that's I, I that's a cop out. Misha, you are the kind of person who really likes to to go after inconsistencies and hand waves and and wibbly wobbly things. And I understand that the time travel in Bender's big score is intentionally trying to they explicitly say it is paradox free and you can do it without fear of causing paradoxes. But, like, that's the same kind of nonsense that makes Lost work. What happens, happens. You can't change the past. I know. Well, first off. Oh, you can. In Futurama, you totally can change yeah, the no, past. Yeah, no, you totally can. In ridiculous and arbitrary ways. But that's what's weird about Futurama is that in Futurama's time travel is a lot of the things I don't like about time travel in other things. Like, in something like Time Crimes, where it's taking itself really seriously, I would be upset if there was any hand-waving. But Futurama is already so 
irreverently towing the line between love of science and sci-fi and just sheer irreverence for rules. It, there's such a fine line, and Futurama walks it really beautifully. I mean, they they do stay on one end or the other a lot, like the the head swapping episode where there's like a paper that they wrote for that episode. Yeah, they, to they make... had to write like a whole yeah. algorithm about how, like, if you swapped bodies but you couldn't swap back with the same person, how do you get everybody back into their own bodies? But on the other end of the the spectrum, you have the D and D movie. Um, where they like get stuck in oh, a there's, there's like a quantum universe. crystal there's inside a... Bender yeah. while Bender is playing D and D, but robots aren't supposed to play D and D, so it cr- accidentally creates like a parallel D and D timeline. But I do think it's cool that the crystal is the thing that allows dark matter to be used as fuel. Before we get too far away from time travel, there is one other thing in Bender's big score I want to talk about. Throughout the movie, there are scammers and they're just trying to like scam history and scam the world. They're messy bitches who love drama. They take control of Bender and. Keep sending him back in time to steal priceless artifacts and then wait in the basement of their headquarters until like the plot relevant time for them to come out basically so there's a bunch of benders waiting in the basement for like most of human history waiting to come out and deliver their prize and then at the very end there's a final bender in a tuxedo i will call him tuxedo bender tuxedo bender also shows up in the cryogenics lab in the past it's a really great signpost for when he's wearing a tuxedo later yeah we've, we've talked about my love of signposting. We have. I love it too. It's good. It's all good. Tuxedo Bender, perfect signpost. At the very end, Tuxedo Bender comes up out of the basement and is like, yeah, you know, instead of uh, instead of when they were supposed to, I convinced all those Benders to wait until now. And then an army of Benders comes out of the basement where before we saw them come up one by one, there is now a legion. And it, it breaks a hole in the universe. I love all of the historical things they have. I love their Mona Lisa that they didn't finish doing the face on, so it's just kind of a... Blank canvas right in the facial area. That's definitely how. That's definitely how painting works. You do the you do the middle part last. You do no sketching in the middle. Yeah, you do nothing. It's just a blank. Well, the details are really hard. So here's the thing, though. Bender will go back. You know, whatever, eighteen hundred years. Wait in the basement. Come out. Go back. Get another thing. He does that, and then there's an army at the end. So, like, how the fuck old is Bender? Okay, so I think that as Bender keeps doing all of these time duplicates, there have been multiple times in Futurama where Bender has needed to be rebuilt for some reason. Like when he gets cut up by Roberto, the homicidal robot, and then what's the one where he becomes a folk singer? Oh yeah, and Beck is there. And Beck is there. He has to be rebuilt. And in the Y of Fry, he gets dropped out of the ship and he has to wait a thousand years, but he's also just a head there. There are a lot of times when Bender is either reduced to a head or he has to replace his parts. It's entirely possible that he has replaced the metals in his body in between his time jumps. And then you're asking a question like the ship of Bender. Like at what point is Bender a new Bender? If you replace Bender's arm and Bender's leg and Bender's head and Bender's chassis, at what point is he still the same Bender? Yeah. That's absolutely true. I mean, if he keeps transferring his memory to different data disks, like only the mind is left, only the information is left. Right. And as we've talked about so often before on time lapse, information is the one thing that like can be spontaneously generated from time, like from time travel paradoxes, like information somehow escapes the entropy loops. I mean, in the fictional ways that time travel is used, it generally does. Oh, I mean, do you want to talk about real time travel? Like actual real in the world that that totally exists? The thing that totally is impossible, I like checked a bunch of times. That yeah. it's just really just can't happen, you all. Like it, it, it can't. Like I'm, I'm sorry, guys. It, that's not how science works. I, I don't, don't I don't know a lot of science, but I feel like I know enough science to know that like you really can't. It just that's not how math. 
Okay, see, but that right there, that attitude, that's kind of why I really like Futurama, because the the writers of that show are right there with you. They're like a bunch of really well-educated like mathematicians and scientists who write for that who who used to write for that show and they just had the perfect balance of like real actual science and uh, adhering to science and just whatever was funniest in the moment and i don't know it's a an artful balance oh yeah i think the moment i realized i loved futurama was the episode where Kubert farnsworth comes along and they explain how the ship's engines work which is by uh warping space around them and that's using the principle of a of an alcubi air drive which is a, a fun sci-fi thing you should look up where basically they scrunch space time at one end and they expand it at the other end so it just kind of pulls you forward and since you're not actually moving in space you're warping space you don't actually break laws of causality by going faster than the speed of light yeah but futurama does that like they pull that real stuff all the time but they pull just as much fake stuff and the way they weave them together is really lovely like the smelloscope, I've always loved the smelloscope. That I think that's the same uh, episode where Kubert shows up. Is the first one with the smelloscope where they go that that's preposterous. How can you smell things across space? And the only answer that the professor gives is anything's possible if you have enough imagination. Like no, it isn't. But okay, I'm just a simple country hyper chicken. <laughs> um. Apropos of nothing, but that hyper chicken. Yeah, that hyper chicken is great. It's great. And that's the thing. Between all of the cool, geeky, nerdy bits that I love and all of the dumb cartoon humor that I love, it was the perfect show for that 12 a.m. time slot where, like, the nerds are coming home a little bit inebriated and you want to sit down and you want to watch something funny and pass out. Yeah, and it's filled with, like, the continuity porn that people like us really crave. It just gives you that shot of, like, reward for paying attention. I think maybe before Futurama, before TV really radically changed in the past 10 to 20 years, TV was a thing on in the background. And as much as you're paying attention, you're also doing it with other things. And if you're one of those weird nerds who actually goes and watches and pays attention, shows like Futurama are for you. That's going to do it for this episode of Time Lapse. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Remember, we're trying to do a mailbag episode, so please send all of your comments, questions, criticisms to us at uh, timelapsepod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on the internet. I'm at Manuel Danning. Uh, Misha is at Misha, etc. Misha ETC. We're all findable on the internet. You know, it's the 21st century. Yeah, and come all. find us. We're going to be back in two weeks, but uh, until then, have a great time. Time lapse. You didn't even let me see. Yeah, no, I just wanted to make sure that you didn't. I thought you were going, I, I thought you had like a curveball that you're waiting to do, and I like need to just get in there. Make sure we got it. Have a great time. Laps. A product of the Whisper Forge.